We're gonna make a podcast about Death Note and I'll get my friends to watch it on TV. I already showed them a couple shows so they have trusted me. Maybe, kinda. Good morning, good evening, good whatever it is, wherever you are, and welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable, the single season television show rewatch podcast that makes longtime friends into first time viewers. Now, of course, I am Captain Bootscoot, aka Vanilla Husband, aka your host, Jesse, and I could not do Sudden But Inevitable by myself. Well, I don't think I could do Sudden But Inevitable by myself, but of course, with me as always this week is my very longtime friend and co-host and head of the Twist My Arm Podcast Network, Josh. Josh, welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable. How are you feeling today? Good. You probably could do this by yourself. You talk a lot. You, you could totally go through an entire hour and a half by yourself, I think. I, I know that I could. <laughs> the question is, would anybody listen to that? And I think we both know the answer to that. Probably, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Good Good to be here, though. I'm super excited. Despite that, I would rather have you here because that, that makes it a lot easier for me. So Right. Yeah, super excited. Uh, it is my second favorite day of the week. <laughs> Obviously, my first favorite day of the week is Tuesdays yeah. for Quest Me. Because, because of the tacos. You know. Oh. Um, Not for the tacos? What is Quest Me? Quest Me. Oh, that's that's just my Star Wars podcast. We don't have to talk about that. It's fine. Okay, yes, let's not. <laughs> so joining us also this evening is our third crewmate, and that is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. How are you doing this week, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a long week, been hard at work, but I'm ready for the weekend, and I'm ready to do some podcasting. That is excellent to hear. Now, speaking of being ready for podcasting, there are people all up in our live chat so let's go ahead and say hello to Callie D. Let's say hello to Rosie. Let's say hello to Brittany. And let's say hello to Sonia in the live chat. Thank you all for being here with us. We appreciate the support as always. We cannot wait to get going. It sounds like some of you may have a little bit of a sickness that you are down with this week. And that's not great to hear. God but damn it, I am, I'm just, I can't believe that you would choose to be here to support us despite your slight illness. That really really means the world to us, and I'm happy to speak on behalf of Josh and Ricky. Now, <laughs> speaking of Josh and Ricky, instead of speaking exclusively on their behalf this evening, why don't we hear from them a little bit? Let's start with Ricky D. Ricky D., if there was one thing this week other than Death Note, which is what we talk about this season on Sudden But Inevitable, if there's one thing other than Death Note this week that you could tell listeners to watch, what would it be? Uh, you know, like always, I've been hitting all the HBO original series really hard, and Veep has been on my hit list lately. I'm watching like three episodes a night. It's uh, Veep being vice president. It's starring, uh, oh, what's her name? Elaine from Seinfeld. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Thank you. And she does an amazing job. It's just, it's so heavily sarcastic. Every character hates each other, and they just roast each other constantly. And I'm just always cackling with laughter at the way they just hate each other. That sounds a little bit like Seinfeld, which I have to mention. The lovely Mrs. Sutton is working her way through Seinfeld, and it is 
greatly expanding our ability to communicate because she's going, oh, like half of the things you say are jokes from 90s television. I didn't realize that. Yep. I mean, she had her suspicions, but, you know, confirming it is a whole whole other thing. So would you say if I liked Seinfeld that I should give Veep a shot? Absolutely. Definitely give the first two, three episodes a shot and, you know, make your own decision, but I'm sure you'll love it. You know that I like to make my own decisions. Now, Josh, you have a famously low bar for <laughs> entry when it comes to entertainment. Uh, so I am still going to ask you, though, if there was one thing this week that you recommend the listeners watch instead of Death Note, what would it be? So my problem is right now all I'm doing is watching things for podcasts. So right now I'm, I'm watching Death Note and Kenobi and Star Trek and Miss Marvel, all for different podcasts. The only thing that I've had a chance to watch outside of that is the Stanley Cup Finals, featuring my favorite team, the Colorado Avalanche, playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, and there's another game tomorrow, Saturday, game two, Saturday. So that's like the only other thing I'm really watching. Um, I so did. I'll, I did I'll cut up. all of that out of the audio version so that it's not quite so specific to one time and place. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> but the only other really thing that I got into was uh, a video game, and it was <laughs> surprise. But it was uh, Shredder's Revenge. It's like an uh-huh. old school Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat 'em up game. It's pretty cool. Very cool. But I basically will play that while I'm watching Death Note and or <laughs> Kenobi or something for the podcast. Or one of those shows yeah. for a podcast. Yeah. Yep. I know that feeling well. So, speaking of podcasts, let's get ours underway, gentlemen. And ladies, gentlemen, and emperors out there listening in podcast land or here with us in the live chat, let's get this thing underway. Of course, Sudden But Inevitable Season 4 is covering the anime Death Note. And this week, we are on episodes 17 and 18, which are called Execution and Ally, respectively. Now... Josh and Ricky, I know that we, I believe we mentioned it last week, but we're basically coming up on the half point of, the halfway point of Death Note here. I was just going to say, this is like the halfway point, pretty much. Yeah, it's 30, yes, technically. I think this is the halfway point. There are 37 episodes, but I mean 18, we may as well call that the halfway point. So episode 17, though, which is the first one that we will talk about, Execution, opens with Rem telling someone how to use the Death Note. Uh, we don't know who this person is yet. Uh, so, uh, Josh, what was what were your thoughts at the start of episode 17? I mean, it's just... I'm, the first thing that I thought about was that those people have been in jail for 50 days. Because they mentioned that they had been locked up for that long. And for them to keep Misa in the kryptonite guard that she was in for 50 days, that's a, that's a lot of time to be, like, propped up like that with, you know, eye guards wow. on and stuff. And so I, that's the first thing that I was thinking of this whole, like, intro. I was like, geez, these guys However, are However, <laughs> I'm sure there's a point that she kind of enjoyed it, so it wouldn't have been <laughs> as bad for her as it is for... Us, I would think. Yeah, because in her head, she's like, this only is happening to me because of how famous I am, right? So it's like a, it's a confirmation or something. Yeah, I don't know. I do not know about that, Ricky D. Um, I, I did notice that they have been in jail for a while, and uh, they, 
they do have <laughs> Sonya has says I have to go watch Death Note. I hate spoilers. Keep killing it, you guys. I I gotta say Thank yes, you. definitely. Thank you, but leave because <laughs> this is not the place yeah. <laughs> to start Death Note, Sonya. I want you to have a good experience if you're going to watch the series. Start so from the beginning. start at the beginning. There are plenty of uh, the kind of anime characters that you like. I know Sonya well enough to tell her that she is going to enjoy this series. So. All of that having been said, uh, I would imagine there was some sort of bathroom break deal or like, you know, they had to be feeding them, right? So maybe we didn't see those moments. Well, you, Josh, do you think they deprived them of food for 50 days? Not food, but minimal bathroom breaks. I'm sure there was a couple accidents in there. Well, right. I mean, that, but that would be part of psychologically trying to break somebody that you think is a mass murdering sociopathic serial killer, right? <sighs> Wouldn't it be? Yeah, it it makes sense. It makes sense. It's just, it's still, it's cruel. It's very cruel. But I have to ask what you think about Rem's, I guess, mission here, right? Like, what is the, what do you think about the fact that she was told, like, just take this to a company? <laughs> I, it is very interesting because there's not really a plan there. It's just take this to somebody else so they could use the book basically no matter i mean and yeah a company sure but it could have been anyone you know it could have been some random dude on the street some random high schooler that you know running his a bunch own of lemonade stand or something yeah right. i mean <laughs> well so and, i mean and that's that's a valid point um to your other valid point um aizawa would probably agree with you that they can't just be violating people's civil rights because they think you know they might be a, a serial killer, um, which is a little bit of a groundwork laying, right? We're, we're getting a moment of Aizawa just disagreeing with, with L here, uh, which will come back around in the next episode. Now, I do have a bit of a dumb question, but it is a legitimate question, and it is an honest question. That's how you know it comes from me. Did anybody else make coffee during this scene with L, where he's explaining to the chief what the chief needs to do there's no like dialogue it's just music right it's the plinky plunky like planning music from the series no i and he, I, it happens right when he sets his cup down i kept laughing at the chief's face the whole time oh, kept, so, his like, eyes kept getting bigger oh and his mouth kept getting wider oh my god <laughs> you <laughs> want me to do what yeah <laughs> yeah ricky d how are you feeling going into episode 17 uh i've been enjoying it there's uh this I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but the whole execution theme of this episode, that was very intense, and uh, I didn't really know where it was going. I was believing it the entire time, but I also I didn't want it to go that direction. Uh, and the idea that a corporation has the Death Note, and they're using it for corporate profits and personal gains that way, very interesting. That's an, That's exactly the kind of take I want to look into. Well, and it's it's sort of, you know, uh, f seems to be philosophically opposite of what Light has been using the Death Note for up to this point. Um, we do have a couple instances here, though, of L just telling Light, you're Kira. Like, I, I, I know it's you. It's definitely you. There is no question in my mind. 
and he actually lies to him a couple times. He's like, yeah, people are still dying. You know, it's uh, it's all this, or people still are not dying, right? Like, because oh, since we put you in here, nobody has died, which isn't true, but he he's telling him that. So I just, I mean, I guess I could ask, what do you think of this plan? Because, like, I was in the same spot as Ricky, where I was like, I have no idea how this could possibly end with one of them not getting shot in the face. Like, Josh, going into the into this moment of execution, uh, were you in the same spot? Did the chief sell it for you? Were you like, oh, damn? Or were you like, this is somehow a contrivance? I mean, it, it, it was kind of sold to me, but at the same time, I was like, there's no way that dude's going to kill his son and then kill himself. Like, there's just no way. There has to be something behind this. Like, there's got to be something else going on because the whole time that they're all in jail... You know, the chief is like, I'm not leaving here without my son, uh, blah, 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 blah. And there still really wasn't any proof that Light was Kira. So, I mean, and also coming off that last scene where his face, his like jaw drops. I mean, it's, there was, there was a lot there like that. I was kind of like, this is, this is fishy, you know? Now what got me is the the trigger being pulled and the gunshot going off right before the quote unquote commercial. Um, <laughs> there would have been a commercial. Absolutely. It's not an air quotes. There was a commercial. <laughs> right. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's always fun watching these shows. Cause you're like, Oh, fade to black commercial. But at least they fill it yeah. up with the death note rules here, which I'm assuming True. those were, you'd see a rule before a commercial and see a rule after the commercial making you stay on that channel the whole time so you didn't miss a single rule because crazy people like us would have written those rules down, you know, live um, viewing. That's that's. I wasn't crazy the first time I watched it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I am now, but I but the first time I watched it, I would not I would not have written those details down. So yeah, I guess I guess I just I was suspicious of the whole plan. Um, yeah, that's I I, I didn't think that it was really going to go through until the trigger got pulled and then. You know, you come back from commercial break and it's like, oh, right. So I think for me, that's what sells it is that before you go to the commercial break, Chief Yagami puts his gun in Light's face and he's like, I'm going to shoot you. And then when you come back from commercial break, you get the same line <laughs> and you're like, oh, they mean it. Yeah. <laughs> like, here we go. Like, if you know, if it was just the next scene, it was like, oh, okay. But they reminded you here, and they, it was like, oh, they mean this here. So, I I really like this plan because I feel like this is one of the times that you know the whole show was ahead of me, and I couldn't keep up with it. I couldn't guess what was going to happen next. But Ricky, do you think that Light is really L's friend now that he has forgotten that he's Kira? Ooh. I would have to say yes. They were on pretty good terms beforehand. I mean, despite the fact that they had very opposing goals, they were very similar people and they meshed very well. At this point, especially at the end of the second episode where uh, Light is going through the computer and he's like, Yo, have you seen this Yakima or whatever? Have you seen this data? Have you seen this? And it's like they were really working together. And it feels very like buddy cop almost or <laughs> this buddy detective i guess these episodes really started breaking into like american cop uh cliches like all the cops just yelling at each other and storming off 
Okay, so to that point, Aizawa is sort of the audience avatar in this episode for people who are like, uh, this is not supposed to be about romantic comedy. This is supposed to be about a serial killer and his magic death book versus every cop. <laughs> like, what is going on here? And the viewers are like, oh, right. Uh, thank you for yelling that at the camera almost directly because they they do have this this little, this date here. Um, and I don't think that we can just jump past the fact that uh, Misa definitely implies that uh, L might be gay in this scene, right? Yes. Would you care to expand on that, Ricky D? Uh, I didn't catch the, I didn't write the notes down or anything, but I was watching, I was doing a second watch through just before this, and I did notice that she threw that accusation out there, and I remember laughing, but I didn't, I don't remember the details. It was something like, you're on the, are you on that side of the fence? Yeah. Or you play for that <laughs> team or something. <laughs> Um, she had some pretty good quips in these two episodes. She had some pretty funny things to say. Well, and she, it seems like she is... So the reason that I asked Ricky if he thought Light was actually friends with Elle now is because it seems that all Misa remembers is that she loves Light, right? I mean, she remembers Kida. She remembers that Kida is like a public figure that people knew about, but she doesn't know that she has met Kida. So there is you know, that to deal with there. Uh, really quickly from our chat, Callie D says, is it just me or are Light's eyes a lot rounder and his voice, at least in the dub, a lot softer since he gave up the death note? Uh, I agree with that 100%. I think it's actually a moment that happens in the jail in, when he says to get rid of his pride, the death get note. Get rid of it. Um, from that moment, I think his eyes are rounder, softer. He's a little more like, oh, what's going on? And I'm investigating Rosie says, Kira was against L. Light understood Ryuzaki. That's why they were friends. I got to say, I appreciate you keeping those names straight better than half the people. Two-thirds of the people on so, the screen. I'm not great at math, gotta, Rosie, but thank you. I got to ask, Go ahead. they forgot everything that happened with the Death Note, right? So it appears that they forgot everything that happened from the moment they took ownership of the Death Note. So for... Misa, that seems to imply that Light was already Kira for like a while before she got her death note, right? Right. So she was like waiting for Kira to kill these criminals that uh, hurt, killed her parents, and then it happened, and then she got her death note. And she went, oh, I'm going to help Kira. I just, uh, something's just not right. With with these two episodes, I just, I, I feel like something's not right because- I mean, they should have forgotten everything, and it just seems like Light is still kind of covering it up. Like, I feel like he's covering up what he knows to the audience, too. Like, there's going to be some big reveal at some point. Am I... So, Light giving up his... This is from our chat. This is not me. <clears throat> this is Kelly D. Light giving up his death note was the best thing he could have done. He never could have convincingly acted his way through that moment if he still had his memories. So That's kind of why and, I brought that up, because, like... Well, L points that out, right? So L is like, okay, if he were Kira, he would be trying to do this to convince me of this thing. Mm -hmm. But he's not doing that. So why? And we come to find out that L is beginning to accept the possibility that the power of Kira can move between people, right? And we have to assume that that is part of Light's plan, right? Part of his plan was to go... Okay, how do I convince him that it moves from person to person? The best way to do that would be to lose my memories so that I think I'm just chasing Kira. 
because he must have been able to when he he must have been able to write into the death note you know when i say get rid of it you do this and then somebody starts writing it this time and he knows i think we one of you mentioned i think it was josh i think you mentioned how long he has to get it back right because one of the rules, or was, was that you, Ricky? It's like 480 days. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that. he has a specific amount of time to get the Death Note back before he can never get the memories back or whatever, right? Okay, so, so if he does get the Death Note back, he is going to get his memories back then, right? If he does it in time. What an interesting now, wait. To what about point, the memories he makes when he's not in touch with the Death Note? Do those go away now? So are you saying like if he were to touch the death note again, would he forget the time he was not remembering being Kidda? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I think that would I feel like that would break my brain. I'd be like, wait, I was this guy the whole time? <laughs> well, I think the problem would be like that you would get so dissociated like as a viewer right we would be like wait which things does he remember now yeah. so it's probably just like no he's good like going there's like a certain blackout period that he doesn't yeah remember and until the time machine ha- oh i've said too much i'm just kidding <laughs> uh so <laughs> um we <laughs> we do have this board member speaking of the yotsuba group we we do have this board member who's like oh it's such a chore to come in here and vote on who to kill. Like, can we just not? I hate being at work. Like, people will complain no matter what they are doing if they are at work, right? Like, dude, you're here to decide like the fate of other people and <laughs> catapult your company to the forefront of an economic boon. And you're complaining, like, I don't want to be here at this kill people meeting. <laughs> now, can I just teleconference in from home? <laughs> we have a moment from Rem, and I don't honestly, I'll be 100% honest, I don't remember if it's in this episode or the next episode, but Rem it's looks down one. at the Yotsuba group and says, humans are so disgusting, which is a great parallel to Ryuk, who would have said, humans are so interesting, right? Or entertaining. He would have picked any of a, of a few really fun adjectives to describe humans. But Rem is like, these freaking rats, all of them are rats. You give them a little bit of power and they're like, I'm the king rat and I say what goes with the other rats. It's like, she hates humanity and that's probably not great for humanity, but, uh, you know, because Rem is a god of death. But, okay, here's the part of the show. amusing, actually, that she hates humanity so much because it's like such a chore right. to her to to have to do all this stuff. But she's doing it all because she loves Misa. Right, so it's that dichotomy again. Yeah. She's like, most of humanity, garbage. Misa, Misa, yes. Right. Which is, I guess I mean, I'll that's put understandable, up with the garbage right? so. so I can <laughs> hang out with Misa again. So I can hang out with Misa, Misa. So... <laughs> I will I will ask both of you in your turn. I will start with you, Josh. Is there anything from the first episode that I have blown right past that you're like, how did we not talk about this? Because if there is, this is the time that we talk about that thing. Well, we didn't we didn't talk about the uh die hard tower that L has built. <laughs> okay. The thing is amazing. I mean, we see more of it in the next episode, but the initial like build up to it is awesome. Do you, and you can probably go back, Josh, I don't remember the name of the episode, but do you remember when Light was walking 
trying to keep Naomi Misura from going to the police station. They walk past a very tall building that is under construction. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I believe that is this building, the new headquarters that L is having built, purpose-built for chasing Kira. I believe that is a little piece of consistency that I'm not sure is that it stands all the way out. It may have been mentioned somewhere else. That's uh, pretty really cool. quick catch up with the chat. Kelly says, I love Rem's contempt there. Really like that. What do you think of Light's newfound code? Uh, and why do they call her Misa Misa? So as explained, I believe by Phil in one of our, our previous chats, Rosie, uh, in Japan, a, the doubling of uh, a name is sort of like adding Ita or Ito to a name in Spanish. It's a uh, diminutive uh, like cutesy sort of like thing, right? So um, the doubling of a, a short name is meant to be even cuter than possible here in America, if I am not mistaken, which I have been before. <laughs> uh, Ricky D, how about you? What have you got? Uh, is there anything else from episode 17 that you feel we have just run too quickly beyond yeah i don't think i've spewed enough hatred towards misa yet uh (laughs) she was just totally ridiculous in this episode there were certain times that i thought it was kind of funny like when she was calling light's dad a pervert and saying like he liked uh shackling up her hands and feet and that kind of stuff uh that was pretty funny but also the whole date thing in her little apartment was that this episode was that the next one that's this episode okay uh, the whole date thing. She was dressed up like a sex doll, like she was... <laughs> it was straight up dressed up like a sex toy. Uh, okay, but remind yourself, this came out in two thousand six, <laughs> um, and I, I think it's possible that there is a significant portion of sex dolls that are based on this look and not the other <laughs> way around. Okay, right? I can do that. But uh, she, <laughs> oh. She's just uh, existing to be this like hyper feminine character. She's uh, she's like a female female impersonator. Like <laughs> she is female, but she's impersonating what she thinks it is to be a female. Well, I th- I'm actually really glad that you said that because I think that the like, or rather, we have seen that the ultra vapid like. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what can I possibly do thing mm-hmm. is totally an act for her. She's not an idiot. She is devoted to light, but she's not an idiot. I need she to put remember on, that. She put on an, uh, a disguise. Like she had somebody else send the tapes for her, right? Like that person screwed up and they were able to get some DNA and stuff from that person, but that wasn't her fault. And she was only in Ioama Io- for like, four minutes she saw light and then was like all right time to leave like she's not stupid so i i'm appreciate your willingness to re-examine your viewing of that um josh is there anything else from this episode we should talk about i don't believe so um but i did find the episode it is episode seven overcast i'm just scrubbing for any sort of shot with uh with a building that's being constructed because i'm very curious about that Really quickly, our friend Rosie had asked about Misa Misa, and then she said, oh, Joey for Joe, yes, definitely, or like JoJo, that sort of a thing. Um, it is a cute little uh, endearing nickname. That's the word I was looking for. I could not find the word endearing anywhere in my brain. <laughs> uh, while Josh looks for that shot of construction, Ricky D, is there anything else from this episode you'd like to point to specifically? 
at the very end of the episode, I really liked they were like all the different Yatsuba board members. They kind of lined them up like the final bosses in a Mega Man game. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. I loved that shot because it was like, oh, they all look the same. Like they're, you know, the characters are all meant to be like sleazy businessman. Choose mm-hmm. your fighter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I loved I love the voice acting for the English dub of the Yotsuba board. Like, they're all very, like, I'm an anime voice. Oh, yes, I am also an anime voice, but I'm a slightly different anime <laughs> yeah. voice. Like, I really love that board. I, and that the boardroom is, is a great scene. I love that it's all very bright and glitzy. Like, I don't know that it's actually meant to be saying, like, this is what it looks like. I think it's more of, like, a, here's a lavish, you know, ivory tower style room i think but um if anyone out there in the audience has ever watched let's say i don't know off the top of my head neon genesis evangelion you might be getting some zaylay vibes from these folks here just throwing that out there josh and ricky hate me more every day josh have you found a photo <laughs> of the I building under so. construction my friend uh, it looks like this building right behind him is the one that's getting constructed Oh, yeah. You can see the different floors, and you can see there's like a scaffolding going on. Yep. It looks like that one. All right, Josh, did you have anything else from episode 17 that you feel we must discuss? Nope. Good to go. Well, then in an effort to remain thematically appropriate, go ahead and take us to commercial break, Josh. As you enjoy Star Trek Strange New Worlds, like any good Trekkie, you're going to have thoughts, feelings, and questions. Tune in each week for a new episode of Open Pike Night, a call-in show-themed podcast about Strange New Worlds. John, Cam, and Jesse discuss every new episode, along with a lineup of guests from the Trek community on the Open Pike Night stage. Find Open Pike Night every Tuesday on your favorite podcasting app. Join us on stage. Follow us on Twitter at Open Pike. Thank you, producer John T. Bolds, for stepping in to mention Open Pike Night for us. We appreciate that. Open Pike Night, of course, is just what John T. Bolds mentioned. It is a Star Trek podcast that I am a part of. Go check it out. It is so much fun, and I can't wait to get Josh on the show with us. It's still going to be another week, maybe two. There was a bit of a shuffle, but don't worry. It's going to happen. You guys can blame me for that one. I was supposed to be there this week, and then it changed because my schedule is just a mess. (laughs) <laughs> we understand completely and we do not hold it against you, my friend. <laughs> now, of course, that means it's time for us to talk about Death Note episode 18, which is called Ally. Now, this episode specifically, Ricky, starts with some fun spy vibes with Aizawa checking into the new HQ. Um, I I really like this little montage here and I love that he ends up with no pants on. What do you think of this intro to this episode, Ricky? Uh, I mean, I've been waiting for somebody to take their pants off all season. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was really great. I enjoyed it. I liked uh, his frustration with it. That kind of leads to, it kind of gives us a lead up to the end where he ends up deciding to quit. Uh, you know, kind of under duress, but it's still, you know, you can see his frustration early on in this episode, which leads us down that path. It's true. And he has... I think the first moment of that is that he hates the Misa Misa nickname. It, it's it's a, <laughs> he's just like, do we really have to, can you not say that every time? Like, we know who you're talking about. <laughs> don't don't worry. Um, I, I think he's, he's I playing think that, the adult card. He's like, come on, man, grow up. Right. 
or or he's being like, can we just grow up a little bit? <laughs> like, but then again, she can still be here. Like, it's fine. Just can we act like we're trying to catch a sociopathic mass murderer, please? But then again, that guy is very like, I don't know what what the right word is, but it's just. He's a little too excited sometimes for things, you know, and just he has uh, that kind of attitude that it's just like, can you just shut up? Like, there's always oh, that guy at work. Matsuda is? Yeah. No. Well. Gotcha. No, the, the one that was that's always like, Misa, Misa. I can never remember his name. Matsuda yeah, is the. That's Matsuda. Oh, okay. I thought the other. Again, yeah. names. But there's always that guy <laughs> at work that is just too happy and like too excited to be doing this crap job and you're just like, just shut up. You know how long it takes to get inside this building? (laughs) (laughs) I had to take my pants off just to go to work. Ricky D, what do you got? Uh, Nothing. Oh, uh, Josh was talking about how there's always that angry guy at work. And I don't, uh, I don't tell people to shut up, but I definitely give off that shut up energy. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, Ricky D has a uh, resting shut up face. That B A yes. that B A E energy, that big aggro energy, that bay energy. <laughs> I don't think that's the first time Ricky D has been called bay. <laughs> All right. Now, we do have a moment in this episode where L correctly concludes that Kida's identity changed while Light and Misa were confined. So, he is trying to figure out if Light is still Kida. But he is able to go, okay, so you definitely were when you went in, but I think right now you don't believe that you were. So he hasn't really given up on it, and he's kept Misa technically arrested, right, because he has enough evidence to do so. Brittany says, yeah, he's having fun with it, and the other is having a difficult time balancing work and family. Yeah, Aizawa does mention that he has a new kid at home. And that's that's rough. I mean, especially if uh, your job is to find somebody who can kill you if they see you or learn your name. I mean, that's a high-stress situation for sure. Um, and he, nothing Aizawa does is unjustified, and I think that's what makes him a good character, personally. Uh, Kelly D says, I've been told to shut up at numerous jobs, mostly <laughs> jobs that start at 4 a.m. Yeah, I'm, wow, I am I am not a morning person. Um, I do have to wake up in the morning for my job, but I, I have, because I am over 30, I recently started drinking coffee. I know, it's like the most recently? common thing in the world. Yeah. Um, so I, it's it like, I just, I was never really a fan of it, but the lovely Mrs. Sutton got one of those machines where you press a button and it makes you like a perfect cup to the right size every time. And you just put your cup under the thing. And close the the thing and yeah. Keurig, I think it's, it's Keurig. Keurig. But, but yes. <laughs> um, so adding, you know, a little bit of creamer to that is very easy to do. And then I can put a lid on it and go. And it seems like I, it's like, oh, he's really put together. No, I woke up three minutes earlier than I normally would and hit the button. You were always night. one. You were like really adventurous when it came to uh, waking up before work. You'd be like, oh, <gasps> I got to be at work in five minutes. <laughs> adventurous is a good way to put that. Um, I used to not be very good at being at work on time. I'm very good at it now. But part of that is that I have like a seven minute commute because I know myself well enough to know I can't live well, and we're like older super now. far away. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, I am older, but like 
my soul still wants to wake up three minutes before work starts. <laughs> like every day is a struggle. Uh, Brittany says, haha, me too. I just started drinking coffee this year too. It's a thing that happens to, nice. to those of us that were like, eh, whatever it's, you know, whatever it's coffee. Once you get past 30, you're like, all right, load me up. And I think part of it is that it's really easy to make it taste like it's not coffee. Dude, this used, is a bit of a I digression. I used to have a coffee maker by my bed in my like mid twenties. I would like get my coffee ready before, cause I'd have to be at work at six, wake up at five and just roll over and hit the on button snooze for another 10 minutes when i got up the coffee was done like i coffee has been my my soul for a long time <laughs> i don't I, I mean i'm still i'm just kind of like i appreciate what it does for me it's not my favorite thing in the world uh this uh in case you're here live with us at youtube.com slash twist my arm podcast just like the live chat is every friday night at 8 35 p.m mountain time you will see that i am holding a cup with a an l on it and uh in this cup is actually energy drink it is not coffee um it's not even hot it's a very very cold energy drink because i already had too much coffee today gentlemen this has been a digression of the highest (laughs) order it's okay i just i I realize it's been like nine minutes that we've been talking about coffee so (laughs) i think an important thing to notice because we did have a mention of how long it takes or how long you have to get the Death Note back, right? Once you once you give up ownership of it. And how long Light and Misa were already in jail was like 50 days, right? So 60 days casually pass in this episode uh, in like four seconds. It's, it's like a screen that goes 60 days later. Yeah. And then it's just the next scene, which is kind of huge. Later. Yeah, well, well, but like, especially if there's only what 490 days that he has to get it back like it's eh. Brittany says i don't even commute for work anymore but i'm more tired than ever because i have kids and yeah i man i can't even imagine commuting and or not commuting and still being tired that would be that would be rough i didn't even think about that aspect of the fact that he's been in jail for so long and he has a certain amount of time that's a really good point to bring up because he doesn't know that the time is ticking away but the Death Note knows that the time is ticking away. Well, we don't know if he knows. Yeah, we see, know. and again, like, did he leave himself some notes around or something? Like, I, I still feel like there's something fishy going on where he knows what what's happening here. Because how the hell did he figure out that these CEOs and these, like, this big company, all these people were having heart attacks? Like all of a sudden, okay. he find, I'm sorry, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I no, know. no, the answer, no, it's a fair question, and the answer is because he's part of the task force now. Like, they were, they went, okay, since I'm going to keep my eyes on you, you need to be part of the, this task force. And he's like, hey, I want to help you catch Kira. So they're like, okay, here's all the information we have up to this point, which you will need to solve the case, right? So they're giving him access to all the information on the case that they have as far as we know, up to a certain point, there's probably something that L is like, I'm not going to tell him everything. Um, yeah. But I, it is a... We're, we're in prime time right now for like a crazy twist because... Well, now, we had those two people show up at the end of the episode. And that's not a twist. That was kind of a given. We knew that there was going to be some new people coming up to the task force, right? Like, I I feel like as soon as the cops left, I was like, yeah, okay, we're going to get some new new faces. Well, and L is like, this can accommodate up to 60 people in case our team gets bigger. So it's like, uh, you, 60 why would you say that? 60 people in a and building that's 25 building? stories? Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, 
What do you mean by up to 60 people? Like up to 60 people that you would feel comfortable with before you can no longer turn a profit by renting out the other 19 floors well, or see, something? It seems like, like he's made really comfortable accommodations for 60 people, not just to have 60 people working there, but to have 60 people living there comfortably. Because that room that they have on their little date that they go on is really nice. I think that that's a good point. It is specifically supposed to be Ella going, I need to have full control over the people in this building, and it will be a nice building, you know, because we have a difficult task going on here, but this is what we're going to do. Rosie in the chat says, my prediction is that Kiddo wrote all of this out. And our friend Brittany says, I wish there were a bonus episode with what Ryuk is doing during all of this. He's at AppleCon 2022, like the entire <laughs> time he bought the three-day pass. You know that he's just like a pile of hedonism and apples somewhere. Yeah, he's just wrecking orchards. He just made, this is the time he made that video, the pineapple apple pen. Right. Yes. Uh, Kelly says, Brittany, it is time to start a fanfic. So, I don't disagree with that. Ryuk's big um, day out. <laughs> <laughs> so it does seem though that light built strife and greed into his plan here um for example the strife and greed of the board members um into the way that he's going to use the death note uh and the way that he's gonna try and you know plan to get this thing back we would imagine he's gonna try and investigate to, to get it back is what we would think so he it's like he went to a group of people that he goes, well, they're definitely going to want to kill people, but they're going to have to maintain appearances. So I need somebody who has like a public facing image that they need to pay attention to. So very smart to pick a company. Right. And then also very smart to have that company threaten the police immediately. Like if you stop investigating me, people in the police and your politicians will not die. Like, okay, that's a brilliant move, right? Because now, without even being Kira, Kira has isolated L even further, right? Because he went from having the support of just the police instead of the police and the FBI and Interpol and the UN to just the people in the room. And by the end of this episode, there are fewer people in the room. And how... So... How, go ahead. How funny... Last, last week we were talking about um L's unraveling and how he's just becoming like kind of he doesn't know what else to do he's he's just he's kind of losing his shit and this week <laughs> he's like eating cake in depression he's like he's like <laughs> you know what what you do when when you're really depressed you just eat that gallon of ice cream because you're like I don't know what else to do with my life right now and I really like that scene where he's like oh, I guess I'm just depressed I really thought you were Kira but like I don't know anymore, and I'm never wrong. I think he's really battling himself with that. Well, and it does seem it does seem to be part of his strategy, right, to be vulnerable at the right times mm-hmm. with with light, um, to really foster an actual friendship, as we were talking about earlier. Um, Brittany asks, "Does anybody know what this company does? Did, did we miss that? Business. Um, yeah, it's clearly a business company, Brittany. Wow." Did you not see that they were wearing suits? They own a bunch of apple uh, orchards. <laughs> we, ha- no, I don't think we know what Yotsuba does up to this point. And I'll be honest, I don't remember if we find out what Yotsuba does, but my guess is that they're just a evil corporate stand-in for they're any the, large company. The Death Note version of uh, Google. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. 
So it's okay. It's okay, Brittany. I miss stuff the first time that I watched, sometimes even the second time. So there's no need to apologize. Um, I I think that this is a great example of, <laughs> Rosie goes, they make profits. That's what they make. <laughs> um, I think that Aizawa having a bit of a blow up here and quitting the task force is a good reminder that people don't quit jobs. They quit managers, right? <laughs> So, Josh, have you ever had a job that you loved, but you had to leave because you could not stand your manager? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have a list I, of those, actually. I have, I have a couple of those, yeah. And it's it's what's helped <laughs> me be a good manager in my management career, because I look back at those shitty ones, and I go, I will never be like that, ever. It's, it's, a, nice, it's a nice lesson, but it sucks at the time. Learning through, uh, learning what not to do. Yes, uh, exactly. Negative like, example. It's like my parents. So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean with their final child is like raised really well? Is that what you mean? Or <laughs> Sure. Because you, you weren't last in line. Oh, I see what you mean. You're not going to do the same thing. My apologies. Correct. I Correct. could not help myself. Ricky D, <laughs> do, have you ever had a job that you just loved, but you had to leave because of the supervisor? No, but I had a time in my life where I was going through several temp jobs. I'd get like, you know, a three-month assignment here, and then I'd go there and one thing. And I got sent to this one place where they were refining charcoal. And, like, I was just – I looked like I was in a coal mine all day. Like, I was just covered in soot. And after a week, I got fired from that job. And I just was like, oh, thank God. I I don't have the uh, good sense to quit this. But thank God you had the good sense to fire me. At least you didn't get the black lung. That's good. No. <laughs> well, I am also glad that you did not get the black lung, Ricky D. That would be that would be rough. We have to say hello to our friend Roy in the chat. Roy, of course, is the intrepid DM. If you spend any time on Twitch, go watch Roy on Twitch. That was difficult to say. Or listen to his podcast, The Intrepid DM Journeys. That was much easier to say. Or find him on so, TikTok because he's hilarious. Oh, he has right. a lot of really fun uh, It's D and dad jokes because he's a D&D guy. So go find I think it's at Intrepid DM on TikTok. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there, TikTok. Roy, but uh, check it out because his D and dad jokes are really funny. If you swim in the TikTok waters, please go down the uh, whirlpool hole that is Roy. It's I don't great. know how to. <laughs> I don't know how to advertise for TikTok, man. Uh, Same you do for YouTube. Our friend, our friend Brittany says I have left many good jobs because of the supervisor. Our friend Callie says I had a job I hated, waitress, but I hated it at one place even more because of the money loving boss. Yes, man, capitalism is lame. You know, Go ahead, Josh. I wonder how many people have left their job because of me. <laughs> oh, tons. I, I know that. No, I mean, I, I've actually not. I don't know that I've ever worked with a subordinate of yours. I bet. I, I bet think. there's some people out there that are like that. That effing Josh guy, man. I'm never going to forget. He's he's where I never want to be in a manager. <laughs> we do call you effing Josh at my house, but not because you're a manager. Um, just so that we're, we're all clear on that. Oh, I see, I see uh, that. I see it just opening up your your text thread and going, "Oh, F and Josh, God damn it!" Yep. <laughs> She's like, "What does he want now?" I'm like, "It's podcast stuff. It's always <laughs> podcast stuff." 
which I'm sure is the same thing that happens when Josh sees my name on his phone. He's like, oh, podcast stuff again, I'm sure. Uh, uh, no, man, I, I don't Callie have much says, going on. I, I really like when you guys text the chat. Gally <laughs> <laughs> says he loved telling me that no girls stayed longer than four weeks because girls can't cope. I still wish I had told him it was because he is an ass munch. He sounds <laughs> like sure an ass munch. Somebody, yes, I'm sure that somebody will tell him that or has told him that or has struck him since you were there. So Strike rest me. easy. My friend Rosie says, I quit a job while on vacation from a boss who wanted me to train my my replacement before she was going to let me go. Wow. That's that's a high level quit right there. Like you're on vacation and you're like, not only am I not coming back, I'm not going to help the new person learn anything. That's that's boss move right there, Rosie. I I like that Good for you. (laughs) That's how it should be. Like you shouldn't be beholden to anyone. That's amazing. Well, uh. We've managed two digressions in a row, I think, there. I'm not going to read that out loud because a dad joke would be an even further digression. So we're just going to say if <laughs> you, you say want dad to joke get... dad joke or bad joke? If you want to get Roy's D&D dad jokes, D&D dad jokes on TikTok, follow him on TikTok at Intrepid DM. <laughs> Rosie says it felt great. She yelled at everyone on the staff. All right. Sorry. That so was, that was fun. speaking, but well, no, no, no. This is all part of the conversation here because this is Aizawa quitting because he doesn't like the way that L does things. One of the ways that L does things is he will make sure that you're totally taken care of financially forever. You and your family are set up, but he ain't going to tell you that unless he thinks you're all in. And it's like, dude, maybe more people would have been all in if they knew that. Like that is a fair thing for Watari to be like, uh, shouldn't you tell them that they all have insurance, et cetera, at this point? And for him to be like, oh, yeah, I was going to tell them, but I just wanted to see, you know, how this all played out. It was just like, that's a little bit heartless. And I think it is important for us to remember that as much as Light has similarities to L, L has some similarities to Light, especially when it comes to winning, which he has said, I am childish and hate to lose, right? I am a little bit depressed that my original theory didn't turn out to be correct. He is vulnerable to human emotions, even though he seems to have a superhuman intellect, right? Much like my friend Spock from the show Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So we have this moment where Aizawa's like, okay, dude, you're a bad manager for all these reasons, and you just can't help yourself. You have to have the last word. And El's like, uh... Thank you for everything. And he's like, dude, seriously, shut up. Okay, I quit. And El goes, okay, bye. Dude, it's like, that last word thing. You actually are right so about much. him needing the last word. Yeah. It, it reminded me of you and I, Josh. I was Absolutely. like, this is a thing where it would be like, he and I would be going back and forth, and he would go, I know that if I say this, Jesse has to reply, so I will say this. And Aizawa's right, at least in this instance, right? Like, he's like, you always have to have the last word. And then El's like, I got the last word. <laughs> like, have a good night. Ow. Yeah, like, <laughs> why, man? Why you gotta... Why you gotta... So, what do you think about losing Aizawa here, Josh? I mean, uh, it, it was bound to happen. You could kind of see his his downfall happening for the last couple episodes. You know, he was getting upset with Misa Misa. He was getting really upset about keeping um, Misa and Light in jail for as long as they did, like, he was upset that there were killings happening. Like he was just pretty much upset the whole time. And I think this is just the boiling point. Like it just, he, he was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. 
Like you, you could have told us that you were going to help us out if, if we had to quit or got fired, but you didn't. And I'm done. He's, you know, I, I, I feel like I would have been the same way. I mean, you put so much of your time and life and God, that scene at the end with him and his daughter really just solidifies why he would have left. Right. I mean, he he's talking to his daughter like, I actually get to hang out with you now. I get to go to the park with you. Like, we can actually be a family now. And I think by the end of the episode, it was a big relief for him. It was a big weight lifted off of his shoulders because I don't think he had the cojones to, like, continue going on with the mission. So, in a way, L did him a favor by getting him to quit. I I think I agree with you uh, at that point uh, that L did him a favor by getting him to quit. And to be fair, L, L was telling them all like, dude, just just go be cops. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got this. This is I'm, nonsense, you guys. Go on the it's, beat. Nah. <laughs> and it's kind of my job to deal with nonsense, and it's kind of specifically not yours. So just like it's fine. Just just chill. And you know because the rest of them have different situations. They go, no, you know, we're in this to the end. Uh, my friend Rosie says, I hate when I realize that about people that they need the last word. I will admit, I have been accused before of being the kind of person that needs to have the last word. It has happened to I, me. Uh, but yes, yes Aizawa you, yes. <laughs> crying in the park was heartbreaking. And he, I, I agree that he made the right decision though, Rosie. He should have left and not risked his life with his family. I agree with that 100%. Like, none of those other guys have a family, except for, obviously, the chief. But the chief is now, at right. this point, trying to clear his son's name. I mean, they, they made it clear in that last episode um, when Matsuda was like, why don't you just move into the to the building with us? And, and I, I, as I was like, yeah, not all of us are bachelors like you, man. We can't, we can't just drop everything. So right. that was a little bit of foreshadowing in the previous episode that he needs to spend more time with his family. So, Right. And Rosie does point out, Elle says, I can do this alone. And I think that he could, right? Because he, he does say, like, I've always worked alone. I've done the things alone. And this is kind of what led me to ask Ricky, you know, do you think that Light believes himself to be Elle's friend? I think this proves that he does because he's like, hey, man, you still got me. Yeah, we're handcuffed together and you think that I'm a killer, but I'm totally not. And we're going to find this guy. It's going to be great. He's probably working at this company, right? Like it is there is something to the dynamic there that's like, yeah, why? Why does L have all these regular people helping him with stuff? But then we see that they're sort of he's kind of maybe rubbing off on them. Right. Like he's influencing the way that they operate because the chief goes, hey, look at this random detail I noticed. And then M Mogi goes, hey, I printed like 4000 pages of stuff for you because I knew you were going to ask for it. Like, what do you got, Ricky? Uh, yeah, we are 56 minutes into this podcast. This is the first time we've mentioned that Light and L are handcuffed together like Arnry toddlers in a sitcom. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. The people that are listening to this podcast or watching this YouTube broadcast have seen the show, so they know that. But they're, you know, they're, we've mentioned it. They're handcuffed together. There was a bit of a fight earlier. Would you like to talk about the fight, Ricky D? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I really think it's the idea that handcuffing them together is the solution. Like, there's all of this surveillance. He has this mega super tower. 
that he could like make sure that light has to stay in. But they handcuffed each other, which is like almost medieval. So it, it's just uh, it's a very interesting solution. I'm not complaining about it. I'm not saying, oh, that's weird or that's not realistic. That's not how the cops would do it. I, sure, whatever. But this is a TV anime show. It's just really interesting. Well, I don't think the cops would hold people for 50 days without having solid evidence either. So I disagree. Um, I think that... Okay, all right, all right, touche. But (laughs) (laughs) they shouldn't be holding people for 50 days without hardcore evidence that people are killers. Right. I I think that the... For me, the handcuffs are largely symbolic. I know they are... they are literally physically real in the show, uh, but it's 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 L going. It has to be you. I will handcuff myself to this theory to prove it if I have to. Like I am so dedicated to you being Kira that I will handcuff. I will chain my body to your body to prove it. Like there must be some way that I can prove it just by being in your presence and it's it to me it's like a first sign of true desperation from l i think uh cali d does ask did we notice what l was doing while aizawa was making his decision uh let's ask josh josh did you notice what uh l was doing while aizawa was making his decision was he eating again i can't maraschino cherries and sitting on a computer chair all weird yeah i think yeah i like maraschino cherries but i think i like the word maraschino cherry more (laughs) than i like eating maraschino cherries personally would either of you guys like to say maraschino cherry before we move on maraschino cherry <laughs> no, i'm sorry okay it's okay no i it, i ask because i figured you know you know you have if, a problem with worcestershire to... as well huh well some people do but it's pronounced worcestershire is it not is it worcestershire worcestershire Worcestershire. Worcestershire is the correct way to say it. Uh, Rosie says, L is right. He's not wrong. Light is Kita. And yes, that is kind of, you know, (laughs) to L's credit, light is Kita. So (laughs) the only people that think he's crazy for still thinking that are like the chief and the rest of the task force. And maybe right now light, because everybody else is like, oh, that's that's a, a possibility. Right. Uh, he was eating, but then he was tying the two cherry stems together in a knot with his mouth. Seductive. Some people think that's <laughs> hot. <laughs> Rosie says, what's the sheer sauce? I mean, I, that yes, that is commonly what people fall back on, so I'm not going to fault you for that, Is Rosie. there even an actual um, enunciation of that word? Because it's... I already said it. It is not my fault if you were not listening, but that also does not surprise me. Now, at the end of this episode, we meet Iber and Weddy, which I have to assume are mistranslations (laughs) of of a name I don't know and the name Wendy. Like, right? Because Weddy isn't a name, and Iber is like a sound. Um (laughs) It, it sort of sounds like Ray Pember to me also, but it's like, oh this guy is clearly not him, and Ray Pember is dead. But 
I just it's very sort of at the end of this episode just like boom here's some here's some characters and it is because you know we got to balance this out a little bit we did lose Aizawa Ricky what is your first instinct on Iber and Weddy I am so prepared to hate them these two (laughs) hipster thieves because they're pretty yeah how dare they I did write Mm -hmm. in my notes uh oh well I already hate these new characters showing up uh, I'll give myself some room next week to uh, allow the characters to actually show up, but I am, I'm uh, eyeing them with suspicion already. Um, our friend Rosie, back to the cherries, says, "Marcacion cherries on ice cream sundays." I don't know what those are. Is that Spanish for maraschino? Because I love that much better than maraschino. Um. But I hope you do that, Ricky D, and I know that you actually have a bit of a reputation for being the person willing to open your mind, even if you but go start... into a show with your arms crossed. Yes. Which <laughs> we we sort of expect from you at this point. Um, Josh, as a person with just wide open arms, uh, you know, capable of a gape love for any random entertainment property, including, I don't know, Star Wars, for instance off the top of my head. Uh, what do you feel about Iber and Weddy in our first introduction to them? Do you like these characters? Are you intrigued? Are you like whatever? I feel like I'm ready to rob a bank or play some <laughs> poker and like count some cards. Ready to get a heist explanation? <laughs> exactly. And and have an episode where they explain the entire heist while doing the entire heist. You know what I'm talking about? I think Cowboy yeah, like Bebop did, did that. 11. <laughs> yeah. Um... Rosie says that Marcacion Cherries was a typo. That was the most beautiful typo I have ever yeah, seen we in my just life. Start using I don't know if it anyway. even means anything. Yeah. We're going to invent a kind of cherry and call them that. So, um, But I, I don't disagree with that. I kind of had like not direct Spike and Faye vibes, right? But definitely some Faye vibes from Weddy. Like I'm just good looking and very confident and quite pale <laughs> yeah, i had some natalia on vibes from her with her little russian hat uh natalia on is from goldeneye 007 um famke jansen's character oh i know who that is she kills people she was in an episode hips. of star trek called the perfect mate see there you go um, but she was the one in Goldeneye that was like the crazy chick that would kill people with her legs. And I feel like... She was also Jean Grey in the X-Men movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's where most people will know her from. But, but that's kind of... I don't know how I remember that name. And I can't even remember the name of characters that we watched for 18 episodes. Jesus. You must have some sort of weird Crush on fictional K? Russian yeah, bias. <laughs> oh. oh, no, right. Yeah, or, right, the bias. Yeah, yeah, I that. guess. Uh, yeah. That works too. No, the hat that she's wearing when they first Weird. come in, though, it's like she's ready to go on adventure with these people. Find Kira, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I really hope when uh, in episode 24, when Snidely Whiplash shows up, I hope that you cut him as much slack as you're cutting these characters. Because <laughs> is that a real character, Snidely Whiplash? Well, it's a real character, but not from from this. I believe he's from. Uh, uh, What's the Canadian thing with Brendan Fraser where he's a Canadian police on a horse? Mounties? Yes, but what's the name of it? I don't think this exists. Trailer Park Boys. Letter T. Josh, look up look up Brendan Fraser Mounties movie. It is a real thing. 
Um, okay. Dudley Do Right, I think, is the name. <laughs> is oh. it Dudley Do Right? That is a thing. Uh, I've heard that before. I believe Snidely Whiplash is the name of the. Yes, Brittany in the chat has validated me. Uh, Dudley Do Right. Yes, I believe there. Snidely Whiplash is the bad guy from Dudley Do Right. If I am not oh mistaken, he's very cartoonishly bad guy, God. long curly mustache, How did I and he's that got. Movie. What a terrible okay, movie. Okay, so now Google Snidely Whiplash. Okay. Um, <laughs> but don't Google image search it before you filter the results because I don't want to look at some weird drawings. Um, it's, it's fine. We're good. Every, okay. Everything bring is it up. Okay. Yeah, bring it up. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, this is what okay. I mean. Like, he's okay. overly cartoonishly evil, right? Like,. That looks like Having Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like, what's that that car show where the deadly deadly races or whatever, extreme races with like uh, wacky races. Wacky races. Thank you. Yes, I don't know if that's actually real. It was a South Park thing, but he looks like the guy from Wacky Races. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Ricky, I believe Doug Dudley Do Right is originally from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, okay. So you're not. You're not incorrect there, um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So, gentlemen, let's get back to Death Note, and I will ask you: Is there anything from the second episode this week, episode 18, Ally, that you feel I have blown right past, Ricky? Is there anything from this episode you need to discuss? Uh, there was just one more funny little moment that I noticed. Uh, pretty much immediately when Light and L got handcuffed together, L started suggesting that Light seduce uh, Misa or like, uh, I can't remember what, he didn't use the word seduce, but hook up with or become something intimate. like that. Become intimate. Yeah, become intimate with. And I was like, immediately after they get handcuffed together. Hmm. Yeah, he's a creep on a, <laughs> on a different level, for sure. <laughs> he's a creep on a leash. <laughs> All right, Josh, do you have anything else from episode 18 that you would like to discuss before we move into our segments for the week? I don't. Everything else is with segments for me. Then give me the first bumper, which of course is, as always, Shot of the Show. Shot of the Show, as you know, is where we share our favorite visual moments from this week's pair of episodes of Death Notes, those moments that now live rent-free in our heads. I will do as I usually do and allow my friend Ricky to go first. So Josh, if you wouldn't mind, please bring up Ricky's shot and then Ricky, describe it in the most vivid detail for our listeners. Yeah, so as I've been kind of getting at these past 10 minutes or so, I really was very interested in the idea of Light and L being handcuffed together. I really enjoyed the idea that they got in a physical fight about it. Uh, Not about it, but uh, while they're handcuffed together. And it also, it's very silly to me. It's like uh, something they would do in a family sitcom. But it's just, uh, you know, I never even considered it to be symbolic the way Jesse was getting into last time I brought it up. But I think he's absolutely right. There's a lot of symbolism here. Even if it's ridiculous, it means something. And I really, I, I agree with you too that it's got a bit of a farcical nature to it as well. There is a little bit of a, what if I literally tied them together? Then what would they do, right? So I think all of the angles there uh, uh, enmesh to create just this, this beautiful layer cake of of depression and detective work and uh supernatural death uh josh how about your first selection for shot of the show this week we already talked about it a little bit um but it's (laughs) it's the character list for the Mega Man x17 game that's going to come out um i 
laughed so hard at this because I was like, oh my God, Ellen and Light are now going to go fight eight different bosses before they get to the real <laughs> villain of the game. Yeah, and each time they defeat one of these guys, they gain a business skill like accounting <laughs> yeah. or marketing or exactly. like HR expertise. And Look then they exactly. can use that if they select the next boss correctly and it will be extra effective, yes. Yeah, everyone, everyone's got their weaknesses, so... <laughs> and clearly the guy in the bottom left, his glasses are part of his superpowers. <laughs> Absolutely. You can shoot lasers out of those. <laughs> and we've essentially just got Morpheus in the third slot here. Um, <laughs> definitely start with Morpheus. But I, I like that the English dub did not bother to translate these names. It was like, it doesn't it doesn't matter. And, it, and it's funny because the English corporate dub guys. translates a lot of stuff. It does a yeah. little, like, when it's reading notes or something on a paper, the English dub will translate everything that's on the paper. This one, it did not. It was like, nah, whatever, it doesn't matter. They're just going to, eight bosses. <laughs> Going back really quickly to our previous shot of the two characters handcuffed together, Brittany in our chat says, I'm pretty sure Full House did that in an episode. For a minute, I thought she was talking about all the uh, CEOs, like, on one screen. I was like, I don't remember that from <laughs> Full House at all. Uh, but I have seen all of Full House, so I, I would remember that. Um, Josh, if you don't mind, please bring up my selection for Shot of the Show from our first episode. So this is a kind of in-between shot, right? There's a fade happening right here. Um, and what the fade is, what the main part of the fade that you can really see is L's eyes. And it's a close-up on his face. And when we see this, it is... Chief Yagami executing, for lack of a better term, the plan that he that L told him. And it is symbolic of, you know, yes, the chief is the one selling this and the one doing the actions, but this is L pulling the strings. This is him manipulating the situation, sort of in the way that light would do, but you know, for the greater good rather than a childish sense of justice. Speaking of Childish Josh, if you don't mind, bring up Ricky D's second selection for Shout of the Show this week. Or don't do that. Just be muted and keep talking. I'm sorry. Jeez, I can't believe I it's did okay. that. I wanted to bring up one more point <laughs> of this shot about oh sure <laughs> um, the fact that this was the first time that we see the Chief in like a double vision kind of moment. He's had a lot of like intense scenes where he's like thinking things through but it's never been like light and l where you see their face in the same shot and so yeah. I, I found that that pretty cool that's a good point because we have seen several instances of the light fading over l or or vice versa so that right. is actually that's an excellent point i'm glad you unmuted yourself to share it with us my bad now <laughs> it's okay the only reason i was bummed is because you kind of stepped on my hilarious intro for ricky d's next shot but it's okay nice. go ahead bring it up all right so this is <laughs> l on the phone again holding it like the weirdo that he is this is right in the middle of their fight so you can see he's got some marks on his face his shirt's kind of wrinkled and uh, out of place, but still he had the, you know, the wherewithal to pull back from the fight and do his weird little phone answering trick that he does. And he still sounds exactly like himself. He still yes. picks up and goes, hello. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing, you guys, uh, when I, if you call me and I am asleep, for some reason, and I do not know why I will do this, but if you call me and I am asleep, I will wake up 
and pick up my phone and for some reason try to convince you that I was not just asleep. Like, <laughs> I will answer it and go, hey, what's up? So, like, if you ever call me and I sound super alert, chances are I was just asleep. And I'm just trying to convince you that I wasn't. I know that I from no first-hand idea. experience. Yes, I have no idea why I do that. But it is a real thing. There used to be times I, do. I think it's because I, I feel bad that I'm asleep. Yeah, Usually it's I'm like, I shouldn't be sleeping. Shame, right now. I think. It has to be. But as I said, getting out of bed is a struggle every day for me. <laughs> so makes, like if there's ever an opportunity to just slip right back into it, it's I, I usually take that, it. Go ahead. That makes Josh. a lot of sense because there were days where we'd have plans and I'd call you and be like, All right, dude, I'm on my way and you'd be like, What? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm ready. And then it would take like ten extra minutes when I get there to pick you up. <laughs> Full disclosure, I worked an overnight shift for seven years. No, no I know. But I'm so, just saying, you would always you would always answer your phone. No, I know like that you, you know so that. Wide awake. <laughs> I know that you know that, but our listeners may not know that. Our friend Brittany in the chat says, Yes, I remember that. Yes. One time my husband called you and you sounded confused. I usually was. That's <laughs> that's why that happened. Like Indeed. it it. I am a heavy sleeper and will take any opportunity to do so. Again, apologies for the digression. Josh, please, <laughs> let's talk about how much we appreciate Ricky for picking that shot. We really appreciate you, Ricky, and we like the shot. All right, Josh, now Thank bring up you. your shot and talk us through it. So my shot is just Natalia and uh, the ocean guy getting ready to go <laughs> on a heist. Um, I don't know. I really like in- introducing new characters and especially new characters that – are bad but also at the same time there to help because they're going to bring a whole new dynamic to to this their their thought process the way that they're they're actually villains the one guy's a con artist and the other one's like a what a professional thief, thief. yeah so they're they're going to bring a whole new dynamic to this show which is exciting for me especially because i i love when the bad guys work with the good guys i'm i'm, I'm a big fan of that kind of thing I really like the pattern on her jacket there. I feel like it's a like one of those old school cartoons where the pattern on a shirt doesn't change as the person walks across the screen, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, totally. That's what it reminds me of, and I, I really like that. And yes, the hat. I, I dig the hat. The, the guy does sort of look like he's an attempt at Brad Pitt or something. Yeah. I'm like, give me blonde American actor with sunglasses sort of a thing. Yeah, it's, it's, I not, hate a bad, him. it's not a bad call. <laughs> he's adorable. Speaking, I hate him. <laughs> of things that Ricky hates. Josh, give me my next selection for shot of the show. All right, so this is where Ricky accused Misa of being dressed like a sex doll. I will say I think she's just dressed comfortably. She's got some shorts on, a little bit of a kind of a bustier thing, but very long socks. I dig a long sock, and I don't know about the stripes, but Misa strikes me as somebody who has seen and really enjoyed The Nightmare Before Christmas, so maybe that's why she's wearing the long black and white striped socks. I'm down. Uh, I'm but down I do with the love black and white stripes. <laughs> I love that Elle is like super attentive and leaning forward and paying attention, and Light is like, I don't even care. He's leaned back. He's got his arms in the air. He's like, whatever, you guys. I'm very casual about this whole thing, no matter what. Um, really dig their lamp. It's very similar to a lamp that I have in my living room, so that's uh, not important. Are you talking the small one or this one? No, the one on the left, that tall one. It's sort of a rectangle. All right, Josh, now that we have talked about that lamp, which is, I think, obviously what people are here for. love lamp. Let's go ahead and move into our second weekly segment, which, of course, is called Death Quote. (laughs) 
Death Quote, of course, is the audio counterpart to Shot of the Show, where we share our favorite quotes from this week's pair of episodes. Our friend Rosie in the chat wants everybody to go watch the show Leverage. So go watch Leverage. All right, Josh, give me Ricky's first quote for this week, and then Ricky, tell us why you picked it. <laughs> Light, my son. From one murderer to another, I'll see you in hell. Man, that was an awesome quote. Uh, it was so believable. It was so intense. From one killer to another, I'll see you in hell. That's a that's a line. <laughs> yeah. So I I saw that line, and uh, you know we all put our quotes in the spreadsheet uh, together. I was like, I hope I'm first. I hope I'm first. I've got to get that quote. It is one of my favorite quotes in this series. I'm really glad that you picked it, and I think that English voice actor does a hell of a job reading that line. Like, it, it We've had Elle literally say once or twice, I believe you would kill your son and then yourself if you found out he were Kira. But to see it go down, like as far as we know, and it's going all the way down, we're like, damn. Like, I, I agree with you 100%. Excellent, excellent choice. Josh, give me your first pick for Death Quote this week. Human beings are truly disgusting creatures. So we already talked about this a little bit. Um, it is a wonderful line, and it's, especially in today's climate, it hits home pretty hard. That yeah. operatic music in the background really sells it, too. Yeah. And I love that this is the, I mean, we obviously see her a little bit briefly at the beginning of the episode, but we don't see any Shinigami really through these two episodes and almost at all yeah and she was uh very convincing that she hates humans <laughs> we we've had one instance already where l was like hey don't yeah good job rem you did the right thing coming to me and rem was like don't manipulate me i will kill you just just save misa right yeah so now we're seeing rem kind of do maybe what light told rem to do who were like okay what's going on right. um but I do, I, I love that the music, like, the vo- the chorus going insane. <laughs> like, it's it really does, really does sell the weight of that, I think. Yeah. Um, Brittany in the chat says that uh, Ricky's pick was her favorite quote. I, b- I believe is the it's, quote that she's referring to. It's Has a good to be quote. One, so. I mean, to be completely <laughs> honest with you guys, you guys both took both of the quotes that I would have used this week. <laughs> and... The second quote that Josh would have used this week, my first quote, is this. Yes? Ryuzaki, I've got good news! Misa Misa's number one in 18 Magazine's reader popularity poll! Oh, I see. And get this, she's gonna get a lead role in Nishinaka's next movie! So, he hangs up on Matsuda here, but then Matsuda keeps watching through the surveillance system, and Light goes, who is that? And Light goes, or El goes, <clears throat> it was Matsuda being stupid again. <laughs> and I the, can hear them. <laughs> the genuine nature in Matsuda's voice, though, when he goes, hey, good news, guess what? You're like, oh, there's been a break in the case. Uh, and then he goes, Misa's been cast in this movie. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe Matsuda's dead weight for this investigation. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> maybe we should put him on coffee duty, right? Like, hey. But I, I just, I love the, I will pick this up, I will talk to you, and then I will literally just drop it. Like, I don't even care to hang it up gently. So, 
All right, Josh, go ahead and give us Ricky's second. Oh, Josh's pick was actually Britney's favorite. Humans are disgusting. <laughs> well, there you go, Josh. Oh, finally, you, you someone want agrees pick. with me. Yeah, <laughs> somebody agreed with you on a thing. Because <laughs> well, he's your that. third pick. I, yeah. I need like uh, a. Yeah. a, a, a <laughs> A alarm or That's, something to go off right That's now. That's a good point, Ricky. She agreed with his third choice. I like that. Uh, speaking of <laughs> second choices, though, give me Ricky D's second choice for Death Quote this week, Josh. No, I quit. Now I know this for sure. I've always hated Ryuzaki. I hate him and his way of doing things. Yeah, this was the part of the episode where it kind of started getting over-the-top cop tropey, and I thought that was kind of funny. All the cops just yelling at each other. Uh, distrust for the chief, uh, having to take his pants off to get inside the building. You know, all of those things really led up to his explosion. This reminds me so much of the roast of William Shatner when George Takai <laughs> comes up and says, F you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> well, I... Part of the reason that that was funny is that Shatner entered the roast on an actual white horse. That was, yeah. But that's, that's, <laughs> so it was, but instantly I was yes. like, oh my God, he's like, screw you and everything you stand for. <laughs> well, and to me, the, the, like, you can't translate that sentence into English without it sounding still sort of culturally Japanese, I think. Like, I've always hated him and his way of doing things. Like, I think in America, to Josh's point, we might say something closer to like, I hate him in his stupid face. <laughs> like, we wouldn't have the wherewithal to be like, I dislike his mode of operation. I don't appreciate his, like, procedural yeah, decision-making like, process. I feel like that's more of a yeah. Canadian thing to actually call out specifics. I don't like the flowchart of his action items. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's maybe it's Canadian because we've had Canadians complain about our process before. Like very so specific point. processes too. <laughs> yeah, they don't like details. I like it. Josh, give me your second pick for death quote this week. Please, just pretend I'm not even here, okay? By the way, are you going to eat that piece of cake? Cake makes you fat. I'm not going to eat any. Actually, I found that you don't gain any weight as long as you burn calories by using your brain. Hmm, so now you're calling me stupid? <laughs> burn! <laughs> Is butter a carb? <laughs> Cake makes you fat. What a straight burn that was. I just, the, what? you find, uh, I loved it. She leaves her tea off for, for one word here. Mises from California. Cake makes you fat. <laughs> like, Cake makes you fat. Why would I eat it if it makes you fat? Little valley girl, for sure. But I, I love this scene because it's kind of, you can tell El is just at his wit's end. And he's like, I'm so done with everything right now. I'm not going to hold anything back anymore. You're kind of stupid, and I'm going to let you know. I also feel like the voice actor for El did a really good job of making it sound like there was a fork in his mouth. Like maybe he actually put a fork in his mouth because that was really like subtle thing that I... I picked up. Most I was like, voice oh, actors this much different will do that. They'll put things in their mouth. Like if they're drinking something, they will actually drink water. If they're eating something, they'll actually oh. eat something. So it sounds like they're eating things. So I would almost guarantee that he put a fork in his mouth while he was doing it. Put a fork in him. He's done. But you know what isn't done? This segment. Give me my final pick, Josh, if you don't mind. El said that? What could he be thinking? I know that given the material evidence, this might seem like the only logical solution, but he's making a mistake. 
Okay, so this is the whitest thing uh, Light has ever said. <laughs> like, I know that given all of the evidence, <laughs> it totally looks like it's my fault, but, <laughs> like, maybe not. So the reason that I picked this, though, is actually because you hear that heartbeat in the background, and we're used to hearing a heartbeat almost exclusively when a character dies of a death note induced heart attack, we hear boom, boom, one time. And to have that in the background of this scene is part of what really sells to first time viewers that somebody might die in this car. Like, oh, all of the cues are here. We've got the coolest line read up to this point. The lighting is hella dramatic. There is a gun in a face. The death sound is happening. Like, this is going down. And I think that is one of the subtle things that really makes that scene effective. So that's why I picked it. Josh, if you don't mind, give me our final bumper for the evening. Of course, the final thing that we do here at Sudden But Inevitable is to give a rating to this week's pair of episodes. You guys know that I don't like math, so give me one number for both episodes out of 10, and I will put them together with my ratings. Ricky D, let's have you go first. I'm going to give the two episodes a nine. Uh, I feel like things are kind of lining up into what I enjoy a little bit more. Uh, it's kind of getting into like the the corporate issues and... Just all these new things. It's, I don't know if my taste is changing or if it's just kind of lining up serendipitously, but nine, I'm really enjoying these. I like it. Josh, what do you have? I'm going to agree with Ricky and go with a nine. Um, the second episode especially was my favorite because there were actual action scenes where there was like a fight and a cool fight. Um, and you find out that L is more of a badass than he kind of leads on. I mean, he kicks light hard enough to pull him with the handcuffs. Like, and just that, that whole scene, like, there's a lot more tension building. And I, I can't give it a 10 yet because I still think that there's better things to come. But I am going to agree with Ricky and, and give these two a nine. Uh, I'm going to make it easy on myself and also give these episodes a nine, which means we give them a nine out of 10. I think the reason for me is because of the, the specific line read in the car that Ricky picked for his selection. I think that is just one of the best moments of the series. And I think that up to this point, it has been the highest stakes moment where we're like, this entire narrative could shift right here. Everything after this is going to be different no matter how this goes down. I think the only way to properly rate these episodes is with the 9 out of 10 that we have given them. Now, the absolute last thing that we usually do here at sudden but inevitable is we like to give a couple of plugs for the other projects that we have going on at the time so josh i know that you have been just dying to talk about this tv show it's in space i think there are wizards in it if i'm not mistaken go ahead i've i've kept pretty good control this whole episode i, I did it just for you to make sure that i didn't really drop too many star wars references because i've been doing it a lot because kenobi is awesome I've been having a lot of fun with it. Um, we've had a lot of fun guests on the show. Um, of course, I'm talking about Quest Me. Uh, we go live on Tuesdays. There's only two episodes left, um, as there are only two episodes or six episodes of Kenobi. So 
Come hang out with us on Tuesday at the same time, 8.30, youtube.com slash Podcast, and you can talk about some Kenobi with us. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at QuestMeTMA. And um, I had a weird thing with uh, my video app this week, but TikTok, I'm normally posting one or two videos a day from podcasts or from my cat or just from any random thing that I decide to post about. And uh, you can follow us on TikTok at TMA Network. Um, my biggest thing is the website. If you go to the website, all of our episodes are up there. It's up to date. You can go and go on a rabbit hole down, you know, Marvel Cannon Madness. Or you can go down Quest Me. Or you can go down Sudden But Inevitable. Or even maybe Best Flicks with Ricky D. That's a thing. Speaking of Ricky D., if the good folks would like to get some more of you, what should they do? Uh, lately, it's just been sudden but inevitable. Every Friday night is when I've been sticking to. Uh, I've got some ideas in the work. I'm just not pushing them along very well. So I'm hoping to come up with something soon. Hoping I should be putting work into coming up with something soon. Uh, and uh, I'll announce it then. And we will be the first to champion that announcement and bounce it off some of the mountains so that the good folks out there can hear it even louder. Now, of course, if for whatever reason you need a little bit more of me in your day, I doubt that. But if you do and you happen to be, I don't know, like a Star Trek fan, go listen to Open Pike Night. Go watch Star Trek Strange New Worlds and then call in to Open Pike Night. Record yourself talking on your phone for 90 seconds or fewer less i don't know what's correct and then email that audio clip to openpike at gmail.com you can ask our friend rosie in the chat we will put you up on stage and play your clip live in front of the audience so go listen to open pike night on whatever podcast app you're using to listen to this and if you would like you can follow that show on twitter at open pike of course you can follow me for this show on twitter at sudden but you can watch this show every friday at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast at 8.30 p.m. And I think other than that, you can get everything all in one place for us at twistmyarm.net slash SBI. I think that's going to do it for us tonight, you guys. Thank you for being here with me to talk Death Note. And you know what? Let's go ahead and throw a round of thanks out into the chat. Thank you, Rosie, for being here. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Roy. Thank you, Callie. Thank you, everybody who stopped by. I think I think that's everybody. I may I don't know if I missed anyone. If I missed you, say your name right now, and I will thank you personally. Did, did you say Roy? Roy's going to be on Quest Me this Roy's next there. week, yeah. by the way. Oh, it's very cool. Great. So yeah. definitely check yeah. out Quest Me, uh, Mrs. Sutton. If you're out there in the chat, thank you for being here with us. So I think we'll go ahead and sign off for the evening, gentlemen. I think we will go Ricky, Josh, and then me so for sudden but inevitable i have been your host jesse this is ricky d from best flicks with ricky d and this is josh and you can't see it but i'm actually handcuffed to josh so that no matter where he goes i have an eye on him thank you for listening to sudden but inevitable follow us on twitter at sudden but Find us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. To get everything all in one place, go to twistmyarm.net slash SBI. And join the show live in the chat at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Sudden But Inevitable is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them.